NBA Strayer, how are you going? How are you going? Oh, geez, can you tell by my vibe that I'm feeling a little bit better? The mouth feels good. The talking isn't that impeded by stuff. That's right, it's Friday, February 9, 2GIF, am I right? And this is NBA Strayer. I'm your host, James Clements. We're here to wrap up a chaos trade deadline. Because uh, why wouldn't we? Uh, it's a cracker. So we're going to dig right into that. I'm here in Larry Armour Studios, as usual, giving you the lowdown all things NBA. That's what we do. But we've got trades. We've got winners and losers. Uh, we've got today's games. Luca went off in MSG. We had an awesome Lakers-Denver game. Uh, so we'll talk about that in the NBA Australia Game Race. We've got That's Not a Knife, Old Mate, No Mate, Spud of the Night, Better Than Lonzo Ball. We've got some Yanazi and Bop the Repeat of the Day. Now back to our guess. We were serving up. A flame grill take. Uh, there is a great moment in NBA Australia stat history, a dramatic retelling of the Dante Exum one that we posted yesterday. That'll be fun. And we'll pick and preview all the games for the weekend. Seriously, every single one of them. It's a lot. There's a couple of real good ones too. Uh, Pelicans Lakers is really good. We've got a uh, Spike versus Reggie Bowl on the weekend. I know that. Anyway, uh, but yeah, we'll finish off with a classic cooking with Bainsy as well. But we'll pick and preview all those games, trades. Ah, it's all going on. So without further ado, let's get into it. Episode 1032, 1032 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Better watch out for the attack of Jim on some tins tonight. Jeez. The whole liquid diet thing with the, uh, you know, mouth surgery thing has just been horrible. And I'm like, oh, jeez. Got to get to the end of this week. Couple of tins away we go. Got the liquid diet through till next Wednesday, which sucks when you're doing a Super Bowl party next Monday. Yeesh. Beer's a liquid though. So that's good. That's right, that's right, right. That's right. NFL Australia, the live party, the live stream. You can follow along if you're not in Melbourne. Uh, if you are in Victoria, come down and hang out with myself and Gaz at the Catfish in Fitzroy. That'll be fun. Uh, but you should also watch out for the Shack Attack if you're Kenny. Uh, also your heartstrings, because we've got a Kobe statue, and, uh, I don't know, Shaq in his old age, he still loves ragging on Chuck, but, uh, the Kobe stuff is a lot nicer now, it was kind of nice for him to, uh, you know, sort of point out that the only thing he sort of wishes was that he could have a chat with him, it's like, oh, that's nice. Alright, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at WA Australia, usually with a gym whinge, but today, how about an also whip around? That's right, uh, a little bit of news before we talk trades. Uh, the in-season tournament has got a name, the NBA Cup, which is what the winner's trophy was. Uh, I was calling it the NBA Cup anyway because I'm not a fucking moron. Uh, it's the in-season tournament. Just call it the NBA Cup, like the FA Cup. No, <laughs> the IST. Fuck off, morons. Uh, and the Emirates Airlines will be the sponsor. That's that's cool. Probably no, no qualms there. Uh, so the Emirates NBA Cup. Sweet. It's kind of cool. Now, all we need to do is get the NBA to take on my idea of expanding the NBA Cup, the tournament, expand the format, and fold in the dunk comp as we go. I've 
I've gotten a lot of feedback already on this and people fucking love my idea because it's awesome. So everybody in the NBA at some point during the in-season tournament has to engage in a dunk comp at halftime of these in-season tournament games. It's a knockout. Away we go. And the highest placed two All-Stars from the East and West get through to the final automatically. And the other two goes to the finalists of the, uh, you know, the knockout portion of the in-season tournament. We can figure out the details as we go, but the NBA dunk comp becomes the culmination of the in-season tournament dunk comp as well. You want fucking eyeballs, Adam Silver? Come talk to your mate, Jim. Simple as that. Anyway, other news. That's right. I'm the vice president of Common Sense, after all. It just makes sense. Uh, the Kobe statue is very cool. I liked it. Pose from his 81-point game. Uh, as I've tweeted out and put on Facey or whatever, Kobe statues are all well and good, but where is my Jingles and Patty Thrill statue? Just the cuddle after they win the bronze. Where is it at? Come on, Albo. Sort your shit out. I broke promises. Fucking, yeah, all right, settle down. Uh, I want my cuddle statue. Simple as that. Right. Let's do it. Trade deadline. What a trade deadline it was. We had a lot. It's a really big day for thank you posts as well. <laughs> thank you, David Roddy. <laughs> thank you, Royce O'Neill. Thank you, Robin Lopez. It's like, ah, okay. My favorite was probably the Phoenix Suns. Thank you, Utah Watanabe. Bloke's been there three months. <laughs> what are you thanking him for? Thanks for being a good bloke, bro. Thanks for bringing the beers to the, like, the team dinner. Um, but, yeah, big day for thank you posts. Really big day for graphic designers, obviously, because like a lot of thank you posts, a lot of welcome posts. That's probably the highlight of my trade deadline, just seeing how they go about it. But, obviously, the big ones. Shall we rattle them off? The Knicks and the Pistons. We got the Bojan Burks trade to the Knickerbockers of New York City. Um, as the Knicks acquire Burks, you know, sharpshooting guard Alec Burks and my close personal friend Bojan Bogdanovic, who I've met exactly twice and is a cool fucking dude, I'll tell you. Taller than you think. Uh, but also, the Knicks get a shit ton of shooting for Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, Evan Fournier, Ryan Archidiakono. And a couple of second rounders. You might notice I didn't say first round picks in there. That's pretty bloody good. Uh, good trade. Now, we'll talk about all these and winners and losers, but that's a fucking cracker if you're the Knicks. And Pistons, what are you doing? What are you doing? Maverick Charlotte. We've got Grant Williams. Thank you, Grant Williams. <laughs> How much did Kyrie just fucking had, had, had have enough of Grant Williams? Like 140 out of 10? He's like, I fucking hate this guy. Get him out of here. And Cuban's like, no, oh, I'll have to ask my new boss, but okay. Uh, so Grant Williams goes to Charlotte for PJ Hamilton, Washington. Interesting. Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a lightly protected 2027 first-round pick. So the Mavs trade a first-rounder and Grant Williams and Seth Curry for PJ Hamilton, Washington. It's a bloke who set the spud record last year of 0-13 in a game. Pretty cool. Uh, but still... Gives them a little bit of extra scoring punch from the perimeter. And a dude who can obviously do a kind of similar-ish kind of role on the perimeter as uh, Grant Williams did as that sort of swing tweener of a three and four. Uh, but doesn't obviously have quite the burly nature of Grant Williams where you can throw him up against uh, the Giannis's of the world and co. But still interesting stuff. Uh, the Mavs also got Gafford, Dan Gafford from the Wizards. They uh, sent Rashawn Holmes and, I believe, 
a draft pick that came about as the Thunder. Basically, the Mavs swapped a pick in 2028 with the Thunder for a 2024 first rounder. The Thunder have obviously got a shit ton of picks, so this will be, uh, I believe, the best. For, this is one of my favorite things when it comes to OKC. They've got so many picks. It's like this pick is the second least favorable of the Rockets' 24 pick. The Clippers 24 pick, the Jazz 24 pick, or OKC's own 24 pick. Second least favorable. Amazing. Uh, so that the Mavs get that pick and then send it to the Wiz to get Gafford as well as Rashawn Holmes. Uh, spoiler alert, love it. Like, Derek Lively's been fucking fantastic. Dan Gafford just gives you like sort of that one extra big body, right? It's exactly what the Mavs sort of need. And you're sort of sitting there going, how did the Thunder not do this? Just saying. Speaking of the Thunder, they got Gordon Hayward. Daddy's always happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just want to go watch that fucking clip again. Daddy's always happy. Storms off to his fucking man cave to drink 80 beers. Um, I'm sick of girls. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Oklahoma City... (laughs) Fuck me. Jeez, Jim, did you like that joke? Yes, I did. The Thunder get Gordon Hayward in exchange with Trey Mann and Davis Bratans, as well as uh, Vasily Micic and a couple of seconds, which is not nothing. Micic's had a couple of moments this season, but at the same time, between Case and Wallace being really fucking good and uh, just how deep that Thunder team is, they had to do something like this at some point, right? And just sort of give up a couple of dudes to go get another one dude. And... uh, Hayward just gives them a really solid veteran wing who can do a little bit of everything, apart from have uh, kids who aren't girls. <laughs> Sixers, Pacers. Uh, Sixers acquired Buddy Heald from the Pacers in exchange for Marcus Morris, fucking Furk, and Corkmaz. He finally got his wish. He's like, please trade me. They're like, no. Oh, okay. Uh, and as well as three second rounders. Oh, I fucking love this for the Sixers. Buddy Heald's good. I mean, everywhere he plays, they're not... Too stoked on keeping him around, of course, but still, Philly will love that. Can get buckets. I'll talk about this all again. Winners and losers. The Suns, the Nets, and the Grizz. The three-team trade. The Suns get Royce O'Neal from the Nets and David Roddy from the Grizzlies. All exchanged for a trio of second-round picks as well as they send Kata beats Diop and Jordan Goodwin to the Nets. And Memphis get Yuta Wantanabe. Thank you, Yuta Wantanabe. And Chemezi Metu. I really, really, really dig this. Because, like, you don't want Tanabe. They just weren't fucking using him properly, I think, in Phoenix. He had some really good moments on the Nets, did Utah. And uh, the Nets sort of used him as, like, basically a backup for KD. And the Suns never really sort of figured that out, considering they've already got, like, um, the likes of Josh Kogi and stuff sort of to do that. But Wontanabe can fucking snipe. So it was weird that they never sort of figured that out. Anyway, O'Neal and Roddy to the Suns. Off they go. Jazz Raps. The Raptors get Kelly Olenek and Octag Bargy from the Yaz. The Yaz get Otto Porter Jr., Kyra Lewis, and a 2024 first rounder. The Jazz is going, yep, this is great. We're good, but we're not that good. And to give up Octag Bargy, this is that, that's the one thing that sort of like spun me for a little bit of a loop. But to get a first rounder, as well as like, I don't know, another look at Kyra Lewis, I guess. Uh, if it's going to cost you Octag Baji, I don't know if it's kind of worth it. Anyway, uh, weird sort of, and on the flip side, the Raps, it's like, what are they doing? They get Octag Baji for a first rounder? Cool. Uh, the Nets and the Raptors also swap point guards. 
Spencer Dinshitty, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, traded to the Raptors in exchange for Dennis Schroeder and former Nets legend Thad Junk Buckets Young, who I watched a lot of in Brooklyn. Um, they also then waived Thad Young, so a bit sad. But anyway, Dennis Schroeder, I am German Rondo, in exchange for Spencer Crypto Dinwiddie, uh, who then is also going to get waived by the Raps. Dinwiddie gets basically... He kept saying, I'm not sad, I'm not sad. But all the noise out of Brooklyn was like, yeah, they both want to fucking get out of there. Uh, Dinwiddie instantly becomes like basically one of the best buyout guys out there. Spurs and Pacers, Dougie McBuckets is coming home. The Spurs trade Doug McBuckets, Dougie McBuckets to the Pacers uh, for a future second rounder, and which is a 2029 20, second from the Clippers. And I believe there was like, Mook Morris might have been a part of that after he'd been shipped to Indy in the healed Pacers Sixers deal. And then he might have been moved as that. We're all sort of still waiting on some of the details. Uh, the Sixers also sent Jaden Spring to the Celtics for a second rounder. Uh, the Celtics got Delo- uh, traded Delano Banton to the Blazers for a protected second rounder. Uh, Rolo, Robin Lopez, got traded by the Bucks to the Kings. He's expected to be waived. Uh, he did a very funny post as well, thanking them. The Sixers sent Daniel House Jr. to the Knickerbockers of New York City, as well as a second rounder. So, yeah, it was weird. Wait, hang on a second. Second round pick via... Oh, no, he's going to the Pistons. Yeah, there you go. That's weird. Just the way that it was written out made me think I was, he was going to the Knicks. No, he's going to the Pistons, Daniel House. Oh, that sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> what a kick in the dick that is. The Sixers are also sending Pat Bev to the Bucks. Uh, basically, these two little Sixers moves mean it feels like they're gonna they're shedding enough salary uh, that they can give them the sort of salary cap cushion under the sort of apron to actually go and sign a buyout dude like I don't know Kyle Lowry. He's coming home. He's coming home. Uh, and the Warriors sent tra- Corey Joseph to the Pacers for a second rounder, and the Pacers waived him. So uh, the Pistons, other little bits outside of the trades that were just there. Pistons waived Joey Harris, which is a bit of a shame. Dude was never the same after he got hurt in Brooklyn and uh, has been an absolute just washout, averaging 2.4 points a game in 16 games this year. Uh, Cork Maz and Corey Joseph apparently already been waived by the Pacers. The Raps obviously waived in shitty. The Nets waived Harry Giles and Thad Junkbuckets Young. Thad Young is like another sort of interesting name out there on the buyout sort of vibes for that sort of veteran know-how, do-what-you-want, can fit in, don't expect much, though. So, uh, And the, weirdly enough, the Hornets. So the Pistons also waived Killian Hayes. Oh, Frenchie. Weird one. Number seven pick. They couldn't trade him. No, everyone's like, nah, we're good. And Detroit are like, well, fuck, we're going to do something. And kind of worked because now the Pistons have won two games in a row after today. So, uh, but Charlotte also waived James Booknight. It's an interesting one, as well as Frankie Smokes and Ish Smith. So again, there's just a bunch of weird names out there in the uh, buyout market. But on top of that, just you know, keep an eye on this idea. The what, like basically, you can't sign a player that's been waived and had a salary over two and a half million dollars. Um, if you're over like the salary cap apron, and that is the Warriors, the Clippers, the Celtics, the Suns, the Bucks, the Nuggets, and the Heat at the moment. So that's why you saw 
the Sixers make a couple of moves, get fuck all in return, so they can actually go get somebody like Larry or whatever. So pretty cool. Dallas obviously would be in the market for Dinwiddie. He was pretty good when he was down there before as part of the uh, DFS Kyrie trade. He'd also be really good for the Lakers. But yeah, a couple of really good ideas out there for buyout dudes. Larry going to the to the Sixers would be very, very fun. It'd be, you know, the culmination of a long time flirtation and reunite him with his uh, buddy Daryl Morey, who uh, I think sent him to, what was it, Memphis, Houston. Then he's off in uh, Toronto. But anyway, so the buyout stuff, keep an eye on that. And just remember, yeah, you can't get somebody who had a salary of over two and a half mil if you're the Warriors, the Clips, the Celtics, the Suns, the Bucks, the Nugs, and the Heat. Interesting wrinkle. All right, let's do some winners and losers. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I won. I won. Ah! <laughs> Recapping our day's top story, the winner of today's state lottery is me, me Ken Brockman. <clears throat> Can we get a shot of me? There you go. That's there you right. go. Oh, a bit of Ken Brockman. Trade deadline winners, obviously the Knicks. Uh, they needed shooting, and boy, golly gosh, did they go and get shooting, bro. Bojan's at 41.5% from three this season. Burks is at 401 He's been absolutely flame, like shooting flames out of his ass the last like week or two as well. Um, but I think obviously the winners of this deadline and the Knicks for the simple fact that you know they did their work early, they got OG already, so they got OG, Bojan, Burks, and Precious without giving up a single first rounder. Like they gave up a bunch of their young prospects like RJ and Emmanuel quickly. Obi Toppin goes away as well, but. They have like a really, really fucking solid, adaptable, fun, strange, tough to guard, deep core of very, very, very mature, good NBA players. You know? OG, Bojan, Burks. Like, as long as they sort of figure out how to use Burks, uh, that's pretty good. But they've got, like, Tibbs has now just got a solid one through nine. Like,. The other little bit of news I forgot actually at the top was that OG went for an elbow procedure. Um, so that'll take him out for a couple of weeks. And, I mean, it's not great, but at the same time, if you're going to do it, do it now, right? Because you've got the all-star break. He's not an all-star. He's fucking really good. Don't get me wrong. But if you're going to take a couple of weeks off, do it now because you're going to come out, get over that surgery and away you go. So very smart. But, yeah, Tibbs has now got a really fucking cool core of like Randall and Brunson and OG uh, the other Mitch Robinson, who could be back at the end of the season. Uh, but either way, you've still got Isaiah Hartenstein and Precious. Now you've got Shooting and Bojan and Burks. And Dante DiVincenzo is lighting it up at the moment as well. Like, it's just weird and fun and deep. So I love the Knicks, love the moves. And anyone who sort of whinges about, oh, but look, you know... Does it really lift their ceiling that much? Like, Bojan and Burks, man, like, there's a reason now on the Pistons. Look, it's not about that. It's about how they fit on this Knicks team, and it's exactly what they need, right? Like, you'll hear people go, oh, does Bojan even close for the Knicks? Does it matter? Like, it's just another extra sort of shooter slash bit of a creator because he can put the ball on the floor and drive, uh, which exactly about two other Knicks can do at this point. So... I fucking love Bojan on the Knicks. That's great. It's amazing what happens when the adults in charge. So good job by the Knickerbockers. Have they completely turned this around? They kind of have. I love it. The Suns. But geez, Jim, 
They got two players and gave up four. Yep, I'm actually fucking loving that. Collapsing four dudes into two just to sort out that Suns rotation is smart as hell, and I love it. Roddy's handy. O'Neal, he's my favorite Irishman in the NBA. <laughs> he's a great fit. Um, Royce O'Neal has been like sneakily solid this year for the Nets. And the idea of Royce O'Neal usually tends to outstrip the, uh, the actual, I don't know, production to a degree. But you can at least rely on him a little bit for a little bit of defense, a little bit of 3 and D. Uh, I talked about him at length, I guess, last season as well when he was on the Nets. This year, it's kind of lean. They've had a million fucking wings. He just, again, it's all about fit. He just fits a little bit more on this Suns team that needs dudes like him uh, who can do a little bit more than someone like Yuta Watanabe. And I think he's a great fit. And Roddy, look, they just need another big body. And boy, they got another big body to put up there behind Nurk. So that's very cool. Uh, <laughs> pretty expensive stuff for the Suns, though. This raised their luxury tax by 13 and a half mil. These two moves. They gave up four dudes and their luxury tax penalty went up. Um, they've got a 16, $64.2 million luxury tax. Jesus, because they've got a $254.5 million roster and 245 already snagged for next year before like even re-signing Grayson Allen and Royce O'Neal. Crazy. Anyway, other winners, Mavs. Now, you know that I call them Alice because there's no fucking D down there in Texas. Uh, but Gafford helps them a little bit. Trading Grant for PJ ha- Hamilton, Washington. I mean, ideally, Grant Williams would have fit and helped their D. But if it wasn't working, as I've said before, same with the Adrian Griffin thing. If you've decided, nah, this is fucked, it's just not going to work out, don't be afraid to cut your losses and move on. Like, that's exactly what they've done with Grant Williams. They've gone, yep, in an ideal world, he sort of fixes what ails us. Uh, defensively, he can give us a little bit of offense. But as you've sort of seen, like Grant Williams, when he was in Boston, was like pure fucking confidence. When he was up and about, they looked awesome. When he was like down on his confidence, they looked shit. And he's been down on his confidence for most of this year with the Mavs. I'm going to make both. Uh, And Kyrie is just like, I fucking hate this dude. Can you piss him off? And that's what happened. Washington gooses the offense there for the Mavs even more. He and Tim Hardaway Jr. can be like the Spider-Man meme about who's going to miss the 10 shots tonight. I love that. <laughs> the other one's going to hit some shots. The other one's going to miss 10. Uh, but Gafford gives them another mobile big man with actual size behind and next to Derek Lively ahead of like, you know, God bless Dwight Powell's cotton socks. But Gafford's big. Just, I love that. You know, PJ Hamilton Washington gives them a little bit more perimeter size as well next to Greeny, Luca, and Kyrie. So, like... You don't want to, like, losing Grant Limbs, I think, hurts a little bit because he can guard up, but you do get Gafford. And Washington, like, you get, you get Gafford for, what, a first-rounder that you have a pick swap for. The Mavs are very clearly just going, right, next five years, fuck the draft. Who cares? We've got to get Luca and Kyrie some stuff here. I don't know if these are the right moves, Gafford and Washington but it does make them make a little bit more sense this year. So it's it might not be an ideal, perfect world situation where Grant Williams having that tweener defensive-minded forward is probably a good thing to have, but maybe Washington, maybe Gafford, the overall thing of that is a win. So I'll take that. Sixers, healed is awesome. 
for the Sixers. I love this. I was literally talking about this the other day, right? Like, they need that sort of microwave scoring boost from the bench who can, like, knock in threes, do a little bit of whatever, and away they go. That's exactly what... Like, healed is way better than the options I was talking about. Like, that's awesome. Getting healed and moving Pat Bev as well, it means they can snag big car Larry, when he's bought out. Uh, he's coming home. Larry's cooked, but again... To have him come off the bench and be like a solid sort of, you know, set-up dude for this Sixers team with Embiid and co. Once Embiid gets back, presumably this year, it's pretty good. So, healed, I love it. Cheap move, did the right thing. Charlotte, see, good on him. They didn't get a giant amount for, amount for Haywood and PJ Hamilton Washington, but they got a bit. They got a bit for Terry Rose. Like, it's all good. Sure, they didn't flip Lowry into anything, but they had to move on. They did. Now it's Lamello and Miller, and away you go. I love that. That's a win. Good job, Charlotte. I mean, it's a slightly... Over the years, you probably would have gotten a little bit more for Hayward, maybe a little bit more for Washington, but to get a first-rounder out of anything is pretty cool. So, you know. OKC! They got Hayward. Love that. Get a steadying vet that they can bring off the uh, bench. It feels like a little bit of a win-loss for OKC because they needed size. Maybe you go get Robin Lopez off the buyouts. Kind of like it. But it's kind of just a win because when you think about it, what happened for essentially OKC to get your man, Gordy Haywood? Well, OKC moved up from 10, 12 to 10 to get Case and Wallace. The cost of that was to take on Davis Bertans' contract, and they didn't give up any draft picks. The Thunder then used that Bertans contract to get for Gordon to get Gordon Hayward and still didn't give up any draft picks. Like, that's crazy. They also snagged, like, that 2028 swap first rounder with the Mavs. And in 2028, who the fuck knows what Luke is going to be vibing on? Kyrie's gone to live off on a, on a commune somewhere or whatever. You're laughing. So, okay, see, that's just some good work. Uh, other winners, the Lakers. Oh, really, Jim? But they didn't do anything. Yeah, they didn't pull the trigger to appease a fucking sooking LeBron who's 39 and just keeps tweeting out fucking passive-aggressive fucking hourglass emojis like he's some year-eight fucking girl. It's like, come on, LeBron. Grow a pair. What are you doing? Uh the other sort of win-up is I kind of really, I think the Pacers moves <coughs> to make this sort of best of a bad situation, I think. Like getting Dougie McBuckets to replace healed shooting, loved it. I, I found it weird <laughs> that they couldn't quite do the, uh, make the healed stuff work better, but they still got like more and more solid around the edges, the Pacers, uh, because it's sort of like they went, right, we've got Buddy Healed, but we've also got Benny Matherin. Naismith is really good. Healed, piss him off. We'll bring in Dougie McBuckets, and away we go. And I'm kind of completely cool with that. Around Siakam, you've got Jalen Smith. You've got Obi Toppin. You've got Matherin. you kind of like, this is our team now. Matherin, don't be afraid. Buddy Healed's not going to take your job. Away we go. Like that for the Pacers. And, of course, another big winner, as I mentioned earlier, fucking Furkan Korkmaz. The bloke got traded. Finally. And then he got waived. <laughs> Love it. All right, what about some losers? 
We're not losers. No, you two are winners, big winners. When I grow up, I want to marry a big winner like you guys. Shut up. Loser. Losers. Losers. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Because in terms of winners, it's kind of the top line guys who actually did a little bit of work, and the losers are folks like for me, like the kings who had probably a little bit of a chance to go and make like kick some tires and actually do some work, and nothing happened, really. So. And I feel like it's a missed opportunity. Whereas the Mavs, they sort of realize that, fuck, we're 29 and 23. Luke is like just burning himself out. We need to do a little bit of something, something. And they did. It's kind of cool. Whereas like the Wolves, they got Monty Morris. Love that. But then the sort of losers. Uh, can we say the Luke, uh, the Lakers? But Jim, you just called them the winners. Yeah. But now, you know, oh, they're trumpeting the simple idea that, we didn't like any of the moves out there, and now we've got three firsts that we could trade in this offseason. Radical. I don't think that'll matter, because you know who's got more firsts than three? A shit ton of people. The Nets have got eight tradable first-rounders. The Knicks have got nine. The Jazz and Spurs have got 10 each, as well as swaps from other teams. And the Thunder had 12 coming into today. Like... Three first-rounders. It's going to get you Zach Levine. Great. Enjoy that, Lakers fans. (laughs) Fucking hell. Like, I don't think you're going to pry Donnie Mitchell away from Cleveland. Uh, That's right. From Cleveland. Cleveland! Especially after they win the title this year with three firsts. Classic, classic Lakers gear. You might get DeJounte Murray with three firsts, but I don't think you're going to get much better. Like, you're not going to get Trey Young with... Three first. The Lakers will just go, fuck that. Here's six. <laughs> the Nets will go, here's eight. That's all we've got. We don't care anymore. We're the Nets. Uh, but yeah. So the other losers as well. Teams that just did nothing. The Lakers didn't do anything. Uh, the Bulls didn't do anything. For the third straight year. I'll talk about them in a second. Uh, the Hawks decided to not move on from DeJounte Murray. The Nuggets didn't do anything. Feels like they could have used something, a little bit of something, something. And the Magic did nothing. So there's six teams that, for all the noise that was out there, they didn't sort of do anything. It kind of feels like you can go, look, it's fine, 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 fine. They're the Bulls and the Hawks, actual losers. Lakers, Nuggets, Magic, maybe not. But the Bulls and the Hawks, actual losers. Like Atlanta, what is this team? I like the idea of standing pat. If you don't like your trades out there for DeJunte Murray, but to spend all that time kicking tires on DeJunte trades, like it's going to be fascinating to see how that time, that team responds, right? And the, uh, the Chicago Bulls, you cowards. Seriously. Like, where is this team going? They had a win over Memphis today that took everything they could to come back and actually win the fucking game. But where, like, are you winning the title with this team? No. Kobe White rules. Keep Patch Williams. You should have burnt everything else down to the ground. Like, who looks at this team and goes, yeah, got him. We're awesome now. It's like, nobody. Fuck me, dead. Uh, but, yeah. Otherwise, the Magic, again, look, I can sort of see their point of, like, this might not be exactly our year. We are still a little bit too up and down. They can still do a lot of damage, I think, this offseason um, and solidify that point guard spot. Maybe if they bring in Dinwiddie. That'll sort of be a low-cost, smart move, and I think that'd be really good. 
So that might be something they still do. Uh, but yeah. The home run swing from none of those teams kind of makes sense. But at the same time, a couple of them, you could sort of look at it and go, Lakers could have done something, but they think they're going to do something this offseason. Don't know if they're going to uh, achieve it. The Magic, maybe they can too. The Nuggets feel okay about themselves. They won the title anyway. They're going to look at buyout dudes. The Bulls and the Hawks, though. Ugh, what are they doing? Detroit! What was that? Seriously, what the hell was that? What was that? What the hell was that? Uh, Outback Takehouse, uh, Detroit should be stripped of its franchise. Yes, they've just won two games. But fuck me dead. Monty Williams this year has given over, like, how many minutes do you reckon Alec Burks played this year? Basically, essentially, to uh, stay in the way of... Really, players that and young prospects that the Pistons should have been like absolutely blooding this time. He played 901 minutes so far this year. That's ridiculous. And what do they get in return for him? Fuck all. Like, he didn't build up his trade value and get a first for him or anything. But to get not even a first for Bojan, Detroit should just fire everybody in that front office into the sun. Like, what are you doing? And Monty Williams, what an absolute dipshit. Seriously, turned Burks into two seconds and didn't know what the fuck to do with Jaden Ivey the first half of the season. Now he's going off and you look like a moron. Amazing work. Just saying. Uh, Masai and Bruce Brown, cool, cool, cool. We get to uh, run back the Bruce Brown sweepstakes again. Love it. Toronto, they did it last year. What happened then, Masai? OG. He didn't quite probably get as much as he would have for last year and away we go. And the Nets, look, didn't didn't shitty in exchange for Schroeder. Schroeder's a better player. Just that absolute speed point of attack vibes. Interested to see how he fits with Simmons there. At least didn't shitty can play off the ball a little bit. Schroeder can play a tiny little bit off the ball, but I don't know. Uh, There was a chance there for the Nets to probably do something a little bit bigger. But obviously this offseason, they'll do the same thing and go big game hunting and look at somebody like Donnie Mitchell, but... Sort of means this year as a write-off. They got rid of Royce O'Neal, but at the same time, you still think they could have probably gotten a lot more in exchange for Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, Royce, they got not much back in return for that anyway. So, yeah, yeah it's a bit, of a bit of a kick in the dick as well. And Marcus Morris got the key to the city from Philly and then got traded. Daryl Morey, you bastard. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break. Be back with some game wraps. And we'll fly through those right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some game raps. Game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps from today. We had some absolute crackers, and I nailed some picks. It was not indie which killed me, but I think I got every other game correct. Yeah. Fucking nailed it. So one, two, what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I went eight of nine today. That's bloody good. Uh, but Warriors, look, kicked the shit out of Indy. Steph went off and smashed him. He had, what, six threes in the first quarter. Ends up with 42. It was incredible. He had 11 of 16 from three. Come bucket at 18 and four. 
Uh, Pacers, look, this is the exact opposite of what I talked about on yesterday's show. I expected the Pacers to go in there and run them off the floor. The Warriors on a back-to-back. Nah, it was the exact opposite way. <laughs> when Steph's on one, it makes it really hard to catch up, and that's what happened to Indy. Uh, Siakam had 16-8. Halliburton had a bad game. Five points on 2-7 shooting and 11 assists. But Benny Matherin was horrible. 15-7 uh, and seven for Turner, just not enough. Warriors smashed him. Uh, but, yeah, awesome win for the Warriors. Like That is a team that just it keeps throwing out these flashes where you're like, God damn it. We didn't have them in the winners and losers as well because they didn't do anything. But uh, they were part of that six-team triumvirate, right, of like didn't make any sort of big-ish moves. It's like Corey Joseph. Okay. Uh, but they've got Green. Kaminga's playing awesome. Wiggins is like alive again. They're still deep. They're still good. And they'll still get Chris Paul back at some point. So anyway, they're 24 and 25, still under 500. Pacers, 29 and 24. That's a tough home loss for the Pacers. Do not like. Uh, right, other ones. We had the Spurs losing Orlando, 127-111. Uh, 30 for Vassell. Wemby had 15 points, but he had one rebound. How does a bloke who's seven foot forty play twenty three minutes and get one rebound? What are you doing? Anyway, big win for the Magic. 34-7-7 for Franz Wagner. Fantastic game for him. 16-5-6 for Paolo. He is just very just even when he's not dominating, he's been super solid of late. And Suggs had a good bounce back. 17 points, 3-6 from him from downtown. Jingles had a good game too. Spurs now 10 and 41. Orlando 27-24. Dallas outlasted the Knicks. But the Knicks had no players, Jim. What happened here? It's like, yeah, Dallas nearly shit down their legs. 122-108, crazy game. Undermanned Knicks had, like, what, eight players and then seven because Isaiah Hartenstein went out um, after sort of tweaking his ankle. And this is what happens with Alice. You've got no D, so you let teams hang around because you never get any fucking stops. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo went off as well. 36 points for him. 36 for Dante DiVincenzo. 7-12 from downtown. 13 and 14 for Precious, 18, 6 and 5 for uh, Deuce uh, McBride. But Dallas at least hit enough threes to keep him honest. And Luke had some backbreakers in there too. 17 to 41 from three, Dallas went. 36, 8 and 11 for Luca. Four steals and a block. He was pretty bloody good. 6 to 13 from three. 16, 5 and 5 for Kyrie as well. Very handy gear. 18 for Derek Jones Jr. And 15, 6 and 3 for Josh Green. Love that. Uh, but Dallas, look. Fear of God put into them by the Knicks. <clears throat> this undermanned Knicks team fought and fought and fought. And then Dallas just sort of went on a run where Luca like hit three straight threes. Dante and Josh Hart tried to counter, but they just didn't have enough. 33-19 for the Knicks. 29-23 for Dallas. Interesting setups for both teams. Cleveland! That's right. Cleveland. Cleveland! 118, Brooklyn 95. Saw this one coming a mile away. Eight straight wins for the Cavs. <clears throat> too big. Too much scoring for the Nets as well. It was just a mess. Losing Royce O'Neal. Uh, losing Spencer Dinwiddie, who was in the crowd at the uh, Knicks game, which is pretty funny. <clears throat> Simo has 6-1-2. and two. Just great stuff in 20 minutes. 26-5 uh, and five for Mikael Bridges and 17 on 6 of 18 shots for Cam Thomas. 27 for Donnie on the Cavs. He was incredible, though. Five rebounds, four assists, three steals, and three blocks. Uh, Mobley, Allen, and Garland all at 14 each. Niang, Okoro, and Merrill all hit some threes. Tough one for Karras coming home, but still. Good win for the Cleveland. Cleveland! Cavaliers, 34-16, second-best team in the East at the moment. 
Brooklyn, 20 and 31, and just, oh, sure, Mark's brew. What are you doing? I don't even know, eh? Uh, Minnesota kicked off. Fuck out of the box, 129-105. Conley couldn't miss from three. They ran over in the third quarter after already being up 10 at the half. They look awesome when they're all firing, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And uh, I don't know, what do you reckon? Could the Bucks fire Doc? <laughs> They look so bad tonight. No Dame, and they just got cooked. Malik Beasley, he's going to pop up again later. 17-3-7 for Giannis. Just not enough, obviously. 21 for Crowder. The Wolves, though, got 26-3-9 from Ant-Man. Conley hit six threes. He had 18-9 and nine assists. 19-5 for Cat. Really got bad. 16-10-4. And, and Naz Reed dunked on the entire fucking Bucks. He had 17-2. Big win. They're 36-16 now, the Wolves. 33-19 for Milwaukee. Bulls outlasted Memphis down the stretch, 118-110. Took everything for the Bulls to actually win this. Down a point going into the fourth quarter. Grizzlies were up six with nine minutes to go. And then down six with three minutes to go. So, yeah, 12-point swing, 16-4 run by the Bulls. Awesome stuff. Just to grab the uh, game by the scruff of the neck and win by eight. Triple J, 28-4, 27 for GG Jackson. Scotty Pippen Jr. had some nice moments. He had a really good sort of hezzy sent Caruso going the wrong way. Uh, he had 15 and 6, did Scotty Pippen Jr. playing his dad's old team. You love that. And Vince Williams, God, he's good. 13, 11, and 8. Uh, DeRozan had 30, 20, 10, and 5 for Vooch, 26 and 8 for Kobe, Kobe White. And Andre Drummond, basting. 21 and 13 for Andre Drummond. Chicago now 25 and 27. Oh, we don't need to make any trades. You're two games under 500. <laughs> Memphis are 18 and 34. Utah couldn't keep up with the Suns. One twenty nine, one fifteen. Suns off to a flyer. KD had nineteen in the first quarter. That was that. Punked him again in the third quarter. and was all over. Red Rover. Ah, uh, the Jazz. Collins was horrible on defense, but he had twenty one and fourteen. Twenty two and five for Lowry. Sex Man had nineteen and eight. Jordan Jeremy Clarkson's back to his old ways. Thirteen points and four of twelve shooting. He had a good run there, did uh, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson. Suns, 31-8-7 for KD with three steals and two blocks. He had an awesome game. 14-23 from the floor. Beal had 30 as well. Gordon had 19, and it wasn't even a hail of threes. Grayson Allen had 14 assists in this game, and he had 16-8-3 for Nurk. They shot 59%, 48% from three. Big win for the Yaz. They're 20, uh, big win for the Suns, sorry, 31-21. They are absolutely flyer-rating. Now the Suns just on one of those heaters that you go, oh, yeah, that's why you go and get three really fucking good dudes, man. Like, it's just fucking way better when you've got good players. So they've won three on the trot and five of the last six. Good job, Phoenix. Uh, then we had Lakers Nuggets. Nuggets beat them 114-106 in LA. That's seven straight wins for the Nuggets over the Lakers. Um, Lakers were dead and buried in this. Then came flying back, and that was very, very fun. AD ends up with 32-9 and nine with three steals, four blocks. 25-9-7 for LeBron James. And Austin Reeves woke up late, too, to hit some big shots, too. He had 15-10. and 10. Uh, 13 for Torian, the Red Bull Prince, two or three from downtown. Max Christie tweaked his ankle. He had two, three, two of three from three as well at a point. But the Lakers, look, the shooting is the thing to get you, right? It's like 8-25 from downtown. AD goes 0-3 from 3. Rui just has these games where it's like, oh, does he not remember how to play basketball again? Uh, for the Denver Nuggets, he had 27-8 and eight for Mikael Porta Jr. And 24-13-9 for Nikola Jokic. 29-7-11 for Jamal Murray. Uh, 
which prompted Reggie Miller and Kevin Harlan to, Oh, Reg, he's not an all-star. It's like, no. Is he having a better year than Devin Booker, Steph Curry, or Anthony Edwards? The answer is, again, no. So put him over those three dudes. Go on. How do you do it, dickheads? Got to show your work when you're going to say shit like that. Just saying. Aaron Gordon, 11-4-3 as well. Uh, this was just really great stuff from Jamal down the stretch. He, like, answered every challenge that the Lakers threw at him. Because uh, this was all tied up. The Lakers were just right in there. Shit. Just ruining the Nugs. And the Nugs just managed to get him back. To the point where the Lakers, like, I think they did grab the lead at one point uh, down the stretch. Or at least tied it up. And you're like, oh, God, what is happening here? And the Lakers just sort of fell asleep at the exact wrong moment. So, um, yeah, it was tied up 100-100 and stuff like that. But crazy game, good game from the Denver Nuggets. It's like, yep, this is why you win the title and this is what happens. (laughs) You beat the Lakers four straight games in the Western Conference Finals last year and you beat them again. That's seven straight. Good stuff. And then, uh, what were their actual records though, Jim? That's a, uh, would have been nice to know that. Uh, but the way that Joker and AD went at each other was really fucking fun. The, I just love how like unafraid the Nuggets are. It's like, we're the champions. Fuck off. MPJ was fantastic. When he hits a couple of threes and actually starts cooking, God damn, it's over. He was so good in that second half. Uh, anyway, Nuggets are 36 and 16 now, 27 and 26 for the Lakers. Finally, Pistons came back and beat the Blazers in overtime after being down, uh, a lot. It was a lot. They were down a lot. They were absolutely getting fucking killed. They were down 23 to the Blazers. Came back and won in overtime. 128-122. Tied up. That Blazers, I think, scored two points, maybe, in overtime. It was, like, hilarious. So, uh, yeah, pretty brutal gear. The Blazers, look, they had an absolute heater from Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant, who had 49, 8, and 6. He had 29 from Anthony Penny Simons. He went 4 or 12 from downtown. 17 from, uh, what was it, Jabari Walker. And uh, not much else. <laughs> Matty T had 2 points, 7 assists, 5 steals, and 2 blocks. He's a weapon. But no do-op. No Blazers. Just saying, he uh, had right knee 10 tonight, so he sat this one out. Jeremy Grant shot 20 free throws, 18 and 20 from the line. Uh, for the Pistons, he had 27 and 22 for Jalen Duran because he's a fucking weapon. Three blocks, 26 for Jalen. Jaden He was great, um, especially in that second half leading that comeback. And so was Kay Cunningham. 23 points for him, five assists, awesome gear. 17 for Sasser off the bench. That's two straight wins for the Pistons. They're now 8 and 43. The Blazers dropped to 15 and 36. And uh, I don't know. That's some good stuff for the uh, Pistons, who have now actually won four of their last eight games. Batting 500. Love to see it. All right, let's do some NBA Australia approved performances of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Uh, Steph, on a back-to-back, lit the paces the fuck up. 11-16 from downtown is silly. Six threes in the first quarter is just such a big fuck you. It's like, yeah, not tonight, boys. Sip the fuck back down. It's like, yep, I'll pay that. Uh, and Luca, incredible gear. 13, uh, yeah, 13 and 24 from the field. 7 of 14 from downtown. 39 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists, 4 steals. The behind the back 
behind the head pass was silly. Kept burying threes, answered the call every time. Uh, you love to see it. He was absolutely unreal. And then, to be honest, Jalen Duran was absolutely incredible in that game because Jaden Ivey was fucking incredible in that game as well. Uh, and the combo of Jam Jamal Murray and Nikolai Ketala against the Lakers was just fucking superb. Uh, what a fun day of games it was. Had some great performances. I'll tell you what, the way that Jeremy Jeremiah granted 49 was just fucking silly. But then how they fell apart was just even fucking funny. <laughs> Tough one. All right, what about Spud of the Night? Spud, 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 Spud of the Night. I told you, Malik Beasley, one of 13. Yeesh. 0 of 9 from downtown. The Bucks got fucking buried. Benny Matherin also went 2 of 11. Uh, for the Pacers. That's uh, not great if you're trying to win a game. Uh, Benny Matherin also had, I believe, zero rebounds, one assist, and one turnover. That is some spudworthy shit. Got to the line. Shot seven of eight at the free throw line, but Jesus, tell you what, not a great game from your man, Benny Matherin. There's some spuds for you. Uh, who's old mate, no mates? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Well, Spencer Dinwiddie being sent to the Raptors and then immediately waived so the Raptors didn't have to pay his $1.5 million contract bonus for games played. <laughs> That's a fucking big, big fuck you. Uh, Marcus Morris, that is absolutely fucking brutal. Getting the key to the city of Philadelphia and then Daryl Morey going, yeah, you better... Yeah, you don't have to hold on to that for long because, uh, fuck you, traded, bang. Uh, but obviously, it's got to be Killian Hayes, doesn't it? Number seven, and they've waived him. Absolute brutal gear. What amazing drafting by the Detroit Pistons, though, to go, well, we've got to just keep drafting fucking point guards and then just wave one of them because we can't trade him. And then you remember that he's French, and it makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> <coughs> A couple of good pantsings. Mo Wagner versus Wemby both went at each other in that game. Uh, everybody hates Mo Wagner, and Wemby's a part of that now, which is fun. Wemby got sent back by Johnny Isaac too, which is a bit of a pantsing. And Deuce McBride fucking yammed one on uh, Dwight Powell today. There was a lot of pantsing sort of across the board. Naz Reed just running down in the middle of the uh, floor to dunk on it felt like all of the bucks was pretty fucking badass too. Uh, who was better than Lonzo Ball though? <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. How about, obviously, Franz Wagner with the 34-7-7. He was fan-fucking-tastic today. But Gui Santos. Gui Santos. That's right. The Golden State Warriors, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist for the uh, pick 55 bloke from, uh, was it, 2022? He went 5 of 8 from the floor, 2 of 2 from 3. Unbelievably awesome gear because Gui Santos just had a game that quite literally Lonzo's never done that, shot 67% or better in 21 minutes or less and scored more than 12 points. So Gui Santos, quite literally better than Lonzo Ball. All right. Now, we've also got some great ones because we've got some amazing, amazing magic tweets of the day. 
Kobe Bryant's statue unveiling was just beautiful. Cookie and I were so impressed with his wife Vanessa's grace, class, and her beautiful speech about not only Kobe, but their beautiful daughters. Vanessa put together an outstanding ceremony. We were also so impressed with how Vanessa and Lakers owner Jenny Buss designed Kobe's statue. The details are incredible, and it's one of the best statues I've ever seen. Today was a great way to honor the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant. And then he's actually put in some videos that he's taken on his phone. (laughs) Thanks, Cookie, and thanks, Magic. But then he's got some thoughts about the trade deadline. Ah, love you, Magic. This is great. Woo, congratulations. Oh, wait. Wait, Fuck, he's got heaps. Let's do it. With the Knicks acquiring Bojan Bogdanovic, averaging 20.2 points per game and 41.5% from three-point range, and Alec Burks averaging 12.7 points per game and 40.1% from three-point range. <laughs> I think they have a real shot of playing not just in the Eastern Conference Finals, but the NBA Finals. Thanks, Magic. The 76ers acquiring Buddy Hill makes them a better team because of his three-point shooting ability. <laughs> really? I thought it was his fucking, I don't know, Dunking from the center position. His skill will create more space for a healthy Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey to operate on the offensive end. <laughs> Congratulations to my good friends, Knicks President Leon Rose and Executive Vice President William Wesley, a.k.a. Wes, on acquiring three big pickups during this trade season. Brackets, Bogdanovich, Burks, and Ananobi. It was nice hanging out with them in their green room last Saturday at the Knicks versus Lakers game. <laughs> OKC's GM Sam Presti is stuck gold again with the acquisition of Gordon Hayward. With his veteran presence and scoring ability, he will make their bench stronger and more explosive as they prepare for the playoffs. I like the Pacers acquiring Doug McDermott as a great three-point shooting threat and Corey Joseph as another quality guard, who they then waived, to help boost their team's defense. Royce O'Neal going to the Suns may seem like a small trade, but he is a fierce competitor will make a big impact on their team defensively. <laughs> Pat Beverly is a solid pickup for the Bucks and will strengthen their defense, which they need help with. <laughs> and what do we say? Thanks, Magic. Amazing. Finally, dickhead of the week. Dickhead of the week. That's ah, LeBron. Seriously, post the fucking... Hourglass emoji just before he sits out with that Celtics game, which he's like basically throwing his team under the bus, right? He's like, Hourglass emoji, time to do something, Rob Polinka. And just assume that his teammates would fucking fold and lose that game. They won because they're like, I'm so fucking sick of this guy's shit. Can we just fuck him off? They win. And he fucked off before the time actually expired in that game. Didn't celebrate with the team. Lakers are now won a couple on the uh, trot, so they made no trades to help him out with his fucking hourglass emoji. Then he comes back, they play the champs, and they lose. Oh, you hate to see it. It's just the passive-aggressive fucking, like, real bitchiness of this that really shits me out the wall. I've got a lot of time for LeBron. I think he's fantastic, but this, like, year in, year out, oh, hourglass emoji, fucking fit in, fit out, the passive-aggressive bullshit. It's not how you fucking lead your dickhead. Unbelievable. Mickey Mouse bullshit title the other day. But anyway, definitely dickhead of the week. All right, let's do some ENRs right after this. 
This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 All right, let's do some quick year nails because we've covered a lot of ground already. Uh, brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Get your merch. People. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Uh, get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt. Get a stubby holder. Uh, get a coffee mug. Only a couple of those left. NBAstray.com slash shop. Or click through on the socials. The way you go. Uh, help your brother, mate, Jimmy out. That'd be good. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Uh, right, yeah, nah. Did Dallas up their ceiling? Yeah, nah. I mean, yeah, I think a little bit. Gafford is a really handy addition for giving up a first. Is a tough sort of swallow, even if it's like a protected sort of shitty one. But it's a, it's a sort of steep cost to pay, I sort of feel. Uh, but I think they got better. And I feel like with Gafford, Derek Lively, you've actually now got a hint of size. you got PJ Hamilton Washington on the uh, outside as your sort of scoring 3 and D dude. We'll see if he can actually bring any of the D. That's going to be the big question for him. I think they up their ceiling just a little bit. It doesn't really vault them into absolute fuck you contender status, but we've seen like if Luca and Kyrie are playing together, I'm Fucking fascinated to see how they like fit Gafford and Washington around them because it could really work. It could also just fall apart. Are the Knicks now legit, legit contenders? Yeah, nah. Yes. Shooting on that team. Love to see it because fucking hell. It just gives Brunson and Randall that one more extra release valve when shit gets a bit wonky. Just go, hey, Boyan, hit this shot. And he's like, okay. Uh, but yeah, obviously, they talked about the Knicks at length, but you just sort of think about those lineups they can trot out there with like the likes of Brunson, uh, Randall, OG, the other Mitch Robinson when he gets healthy. But even then, you know, plug and play Precious or Isaiah Hartenstein. Hello. And then like a rotating cast of just fucking snipers, whether it be Dante DiVincenzo or Bojan, Burks. It's not bad. Really like it. Uh, the Suns, are they now more dangerous? Yeah, nah. Yeah. Nah. They were just all... I think they were about the same amount of dangerous. Should the Lakers have made a trade? Yeah, nah. I mean, if you couldn't have pried DeJunte Murray away, probably not. If they didn't like the names, that's fine. I just don't want to hear more about, oh, well, they've got three firsts to trade now. It's like, yeah, they're shit firsts. Like, Great. What team's going to bite at that? Whereas, like, the Knicks, the Thunder, the Nets. Fuck, there's so many teams out there with better first to offer. I was like, but where are the Lakers? It's like, yeah, that's the Knicks. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. They probably missed a hint of an opportunity. Same with the Nets uh, to upgrade their roster. Will any of the trades that actually happen to make a difference at the end of the season? Yeah, nah. Maybe the Knicks. This is the sort of thing that could actually sort of get you over the hump in a seven-game series against, like, 
the Bucks or the Sixers or the Cavs. They already beat the Cavs last year, obviously. Uh, the Celtics, that's the sort of interesting aspect, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, no, nah, they did. I think the Knicks now could be heard from a little bit. As Magic just said, makes them a finals contender. They are legit, legit contenders. They are tough. They're awesome. Uh, Dallas, maybe a little bit. Phoenix, that could also really help. But, yeah, interesting to see how far the Suns can go now. I'm popular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh... The trade deadline, like each year, it just sort of, I feel like we need to put it later in the season. Like this week is Super Bowl week. I'm fucking scrambling with a whole bunch of Super Bowl NFL stuff. And all of US media is just like, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And like NBA is like, hello, we're here. We've got our trade deadline. Everyone's like, fucking psycho. Great. OG Ananobi got traded a couple of weeks ago. Uh, James Harden got traded at the start of the year. And the biggest name today was like, not much. <laughs> Buddy Heald, Boyan, Dan Gap, like Gordon Haywood maybe. It's just like, all right. What are you doing? Push it back a couple of weeks. Very silly. Uh, also, thoughts on statues. Obviously, I want a Patty Mills, Joe Ingles, Cuddle statue. Any, like Vanessa Bryant was out. Hey, if you've got any problems with this, Fuck off, because this is what Kobe chose and tough shit. It's like, I'll pay that. Arguing about statues and the way they look, I think, is a little bit weird. But at the same time, it should be hard to fuck up the look of a statue. Like, it's a statue. A statue? A statue. Like, we've been doing it for most of, like, human history. (laughs) Don't fuck it up. I'm just saying. Just saying. It's Friday at our back, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah. Uh, four for one oil drum cans full of icy cold Foster's Lager. That's right. We're still serving this horse piss. I mean, beer, because it's Aussie, apparently. Of course, no Australian would ever fucking drink it, but sure. It's four for one oil drum cans, as big as your head, only at our back. And today's Flame Grill take is, because they're cowards, the Bucks and the Celtics didn't get tough enough this trade deadline. And that's why the New York Knickerbockers of New York City will beat them both and make the NBA Finals. Only at Outback. I mean, the Bucks getting Pat Bev to help defensively would have been good three, four years ago. Doc Rivers obviously loves him. Not bad. I'll pay that a little bit, but they've got a lot of other problems. And they don't have much to. They didn't have much to trade anyway, right? So they would have been sort of screwed and up shit creek. But anyway, uh, let's just burl straight into the Australian Player Watch uh, by pressing this button uh, because we're going to fly through this. We're going real fucking long today. Uh, we had Jingle Joe Ingles, as I mentioned, played a pretty bloody good game against the San Antonio Bandera Spurs. He went three or four from the floor, two or three from downtown. He had eight points, four assists, three rebounds, and a steal. Bloody good from the jingling one. Uh, Benny Simmons, Box Hill Benny, played 20 minutes. As I mentioned, went 3 or 4 from the floor. He had 6 points, 2 assists, 1 rebound, and 1 steal. He was a minus 26. Yep. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll 
Say that one for free. Uh, Josh Greeny Green was absolutely fantastic. Hit some big fucking shots in that game. Five and nine from the floor, two of five from downtown. He had 15 points, six rebounds, three assists, stealing a block. Really good stuff. Uh, Exum hopefully back soon from his heel. Uh, but yeah, good stuff from our man there. And Aussie Matty T. Pretty good to see him out there and crushing it. 38 minutes, one of six from the floor, oh of two from three. But he had two points, seven assists, one rebound, five steals, and two blocks. He was a plus four in a game they lost by six. Amazing. On your Aussie Matty T. And uh, Jack White got his finals ring. Should have led with that because uh, the Nuggets are obviously in LA where he's now part of the South Bay Lakers. So Jack White, dun, 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 got his championship ring. You love to see it. All right. Uh, we might skip the great moment in... Oh, no, we can probably still do it. It's just a fun Dante Exum thing, and I've just talked him up. So let's bloody well do it, shall we? Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. All right. Dante Sexum up Exum. Uh, this is from yesterday, but a scant nine years ago today. Back before Dante Exum, a.k.a. Kangaroo Kobe, and a.k.a. Dante Sexum, a.k.a. the Tarnit Terror, a.k.a. Son of Cecil, was waylaid by more misfortune than, the bloke, than a bloke following Kyle Sandilands into a toilet stall. The Aussie point guard was in his rookie year and tearing up, in the, tearing up the NBA, starting only his 12th ever NBA game for the Utah Jazz. That's right, before the greatest comeback in the history of sport, the Seabrook sensation was slowly getting used to the pace of the NBA and showed off all the multitudinous skills that had him whispered about from Bronte to Broome in a big win over the Sacramento Kings in a display tastier than the bottom of a packet of burger rings. Dante's peak exploded for five points. But just like his namesake, Kangaroo Kobe smartly instead went to facilitator mode, setting up his teammates and dominating in every other aspect of the game. Sure, that amounted to only four assists, two rebounds, and two steals, but those four dimes were so pretty that each of them got DM'd on IG by Buddy Franklin, while the two boards were sniped better than Dante on Call of Duty's moon map. And the steals were so expertly executed that Dante's been belatedly added next to Matt Damon and George Clooney using CGI into Ocean's Eleven. Not only that, Kangaroo Kami was still stymied by the mongrel refs calling four fouls on him, all of which were probably more rubbish than Hot Dogs and Big Brother never winning a gold logie. Anyway, even though he's an Essendon supporter, the greatest story in the world this year will be when Kangaroo Kobe wins the NBA title with the Dallas Mavericks next to his mate, Josh Greeny Green, and then helps the Aussies win gold in Paris to complete the greatest comeback in the history of sport. Because, after all, just like in Paul Kelly's songs and in your jocks, from little things, big things grow. On you, Kangaroo Kobe. On you. Love that. Love that. All right, Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. We had a, uh, I believe a Dante one, actually. Yeah. My Guilty Pleasure song. He's talking it up. He did the 2023 recap. It's all He loves a bit of scissor, so that's good. On you, Dante. Uh, he's a legend. He loves to see it. Chris Anstey, out there, storytelling and ideas with purpose. That's pretty good. That's good. Should get him involved. Uh, either way, good stuff from Dante. Inspiring gear. Let's do it. All right. Let's do some picks after a massive day today. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jim. How's it all going? You sound pretty peppy today. Yeah, I'm about to delete some tins. 
I'll tell you that much. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel, yeah, my voice, being able to talk is really good. I'm a bit of a fan of it, obviously. Uh, tomorrow, we have the Hawks at the pay, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm taking the Hawks in that one, minus three and a half. As I sort of said, right, in the losers, I'm fascinated to see if how the Hawks respond to no one getting traded. I think they bounce back pretty nicely. You know that Trey is going to go absolutely hammering tongs at the sixes. My only fear is that Maxi drops 50 on the Hawks in that horrible defense. So I think the Hawks can win this. Sixers team without Embiid. Trying to figure out if he would plays. I think the Hawks can win that one. Give me give me the Hawks minus three and a half in Philly. Houston, go to take on the Raptors. Now without a point guard. <laughs> I'm going to take the Rockets. Plus two and a half in Toronto. I mean, obviously, Scotty Barnes just becomes your point guard if you're Toronto. Uh, the Rockets didn't do anything. And I think that sort of helps them out a little bit. They're obviously not very good on the road, the Rockets. But the Raptors, I have some very large qualms about this 18 and 33 Raptors team. Uh, they just traded Schroeder. Well, I guess they've still got Emmanuel quickly as well, right? Emmanuel quickly, Scoob, Gary. I think just the Rockets though with Shangoon and co might just have a little, little bit of too much for this Raptors team. So I'm going to go Houston plus two and a half. The Wizards take on the Boston Celtics. Uh, this line is 16 and a half points. That is a lot. It's for a good reason. The Wizards are shit. Uh, the Celtics, look, they let the Hawks hang around the other day. Uh, didn't, like, the Hawks actually covered that big line. It was like 11 and a half, 12 and a half. The Wizards are very bad. I think Boston win this one pretty handily. Give me Boston minus 16 and a half. I don't usually like massive, massive lines like that just because... Garbage time. Maybe Kuzma has a really massive game. But if the Extreme Zinger Meal, that's right, the Extreme Zinger Meal is out there, you know he's going to fucking throw a flamethrower on his old team. Uh, the Hornets take on the Bucks. This is a weird one too. Charlotte put up a little bit of a fight yesterday and then got ran over. Uh, the Bucks were fucking horrible against the Wolves today. That's a 14.5 point line. The Hornets. Just traded PJ Hamilton, Washington. Have no Gordy Haywood. He hasn't played since Boxing Day anyway. Uh, Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges, the Bucks on a back-to-back. I'm going to take the Hornets plus 14.5. I don't like it, but here we are. The Denver Nuggets on a back-to-back against the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. Nuggets really good today. Tough game, though, against the uh, Lakers. I think the Kings can get them. Give me the Kings minus a half point. And then the Pelicans-Lakers. I'm loving this Pelicans team at the moment. They're going to smash the Lakers. Lakers lose today on a back-to-back against the size of the Pelicans. No bloody chance. All right. Uh, that's tomorrow's games. Sunday, we have OKC at Dallas. That is a great game. I'm going to take OKC. Uh, Clippers will beat Detroit because Detroit, look, God bless them, but three wins in a row against the Clippers, that's yeah, not going to happen. San Antonio visit Brooklyn. I think the Nets can sneak out a win there. Charlotte host Memphis. Memphis just play really hard. I think Memphis will sneak out a win there. In Charlotte, they just play really fucking hard. They don't know any other way. Chicago go to Orlando, a sneakily good game. Uh, look for Wendell Carter Jr. and the rest of the uh, former Bulls for the Magic. Uh, take them out. But I don't know. Vooch always goes hammering songs, but I think Orlando beat the Chicago Bulls. 
Philly, Washington, a fascinating matchup with both teams on a back-to-back. Can Philly get over the hump against Washington? This is like their only easy-ish kind of game for the rest of February. Let's go Sixers in that one. Houston go to Atlanta. The Hawks on a back-to-back as well as Houston on a back-to-back. Houston traveling. I think I'd like Atlanta at home. New York versus Indy. Love this one. I love Indy in this one, though, because the Knicks, without OG, without Randall, probably still without Brunson, I think Indy can run over the top of them in MSG in the Spike Lee Reggie Bowl. You love that. Cleveland at Toronto. Cavs should beat the Raptors, even with the Raptors on a home back-to-back. It's like... Usually expecting them to put up a bit of a fight. The home back-to-backs aren't too aren't too tough, but I like Cleveland going in there. Phoenix-Golden State, awesome fun game. I think Phoenix, after they were so good today, I think the Warriors would be pretty happy to be at home and uh, take a bit of a flamethrower to the Suns. I like the Warriors in that. I think they can step up and win that one. New Orleans at Portland. New Orleans on a back-to-back as well, having just played the Lakers after Portland just completely screwed the pooch today. I still like the Pelicans. Still very deep. And then on Monday, Super Bowl Monday, we've got two games that finish before the Super Bowl starts. So you've got Boston at Miami at 6 a.m. and then Sacramento OKC at 7 a.m. Uh, I like Boston over Miami and I like OKC to handle Sacramento. Uh, I am doing a Super Bowl live show party on Monday, so I will not be doing a Monday show. So Tuesday's games, <laughs> Indy over Charlotte, Cleveland over Philly, Chicago over Atlanta, Toronto over San Antonio, Houston over the Knicks, New Orleans over Memphis, Milwaukee, Denver. That's a great game. I'm going to go Denver in Milwaukee. Dallas over Washington, Utah over Golden State in Utah, and the Clippers over Minnesota. That's a great matchup, though. The size of the Wolves might give uh, the Clippers a bit of a uh, bit of fits, but there you go. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. That's picks for four days' worth because I won't do a show on Monday because... Uh, We've got the Super Bowl party. So if you are in Melbourne, come down to the Catfish in Fitzroy. NFL Australia Super Bowl party. It's always a great time. million beers. Uh, I think I tried to do a show two years ago, and it was an absolute schmozzle because I was shit-faced. Last year, I got home and fell asleep on the couch and did not do a show, and it was much smarter. So that's what I'm going to do. So no show Monday, back on Tuesday. Uh, Come hang out. You can watch the live stream as well of the Super Bowl uh, with us. NFL Australia, we'll have a live stream. We've got a camera set up in front of the couch at the Catfish. Gaz and I on the front couch hanging out, talking shit the entire game, commentating our way through it. It's going to be awesome. So check that out on the NFL Australia socials and, uh, yeah, watch along with us. If you can't make it down to the party, it's the next best thing. Uh, So there you go. Anyway, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face IG, as well as NFL Australia across all those socials as well. Check out the Cricket Today podcast, the Football Today podcast as well for your cricket and soccer needs. Check us a rating review on your Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, YouTube, whatever app you're using, the Android phone, all that good stuff. It does help out, so please do it. NBAstrade.com slash gap. <laughs> that was just me running into the roof of my mouth. Get around NBAstrade.com slash shop. There you go. Get some merch. Get some merch. Help a brother out. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song, but check out House Hats, Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Shadow, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. Uh, we'll finish up with a cooking with Bainsey, but yeah, obviously no show Monday. Just wanted to uh, thank everybody for sticking with it and uh, sticking with me as I'm sort of recovering from the surgery. 
Uh, it's obviously been a bit mush mouth this week, but it's gotten better and better and better. And it's just fucking cool to be able to do this again. Uh, and thanks for all the kind words. Everybody reached out. and You guys fucking rule. I love your guts. Wouldn't do it without you. Uh, so if you are in Melbourne, come down, say good day. Come to the NFL Australia Super Bowl party, Catfish, 10 a.m. I think doors are actually at 9. We start at 10. So, yeah, uh, that'll be fun. You can watch the live stream either way. All right. We'll speak to you on Tuesday, you dickheads. This is an NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? See you at the Super Bowl. Go Chiefs. And later, who's it now? Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, g'day. Oh, g'day. Oh, look at yourself. Yes, g'day, Cheryl. I always see you down the front. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, come on. Set. Yeah, settle down. Thanks very much. Yes. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy. I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. And uh, look, on this here episode, we are going to whip up one of my all-time absolute Aussie favorites. It's going to blow your mind. You can have it whenever. It's an absolute bloody treat. It is the classic party pie. Yeah, that's right. We're going to cook up some party pies for you on this episode of Cooking with Bainsey. Now, I love me some party pies. They're easy as, mate. Definitely helps keep up this physique, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I reckon I probably put away about 40 of these buggers per week, eh? Easy, easy, easy. All right, so, so, so. All right, you ready? So it's bloody simple, mate. Yes, all you got to do is go down to your local soupy and just grab a box of party pies of whatever takes your fancy. Because look, now, I like the round ones and you can get a pack of 24 of patties, but I do also like the 4 and 20 party pies, which come in those rectangles. They're a bit easier to eat because you can just grab the end and you're not going to burn your tongue. So whatever you prefer, just don't fuck around with the party packs. The sausage rolls are absolutely bloody rubbish. So, now, it's bloody simple. Just uh, preheat your oven to 250 degrees or as hot as you bloody well want. Dump all 24 of your party pies. Don't screw around and only do 12 or half of them or whatever. Put all 24 out there because you're going to eat all of them. Trust me, you're going to eat all of them. When she's all heated up, your oven, put your tray in there. Just, I don't know, look at the back of the package. See that it says 30 minutes. Now, go crack a tin. Sit back. Hang out. Once they're done, grab them out. Load them up with a bit of tomato sauce. And Bob's your bloody uncle. That is awesome, isn't it? Just look at it now. Look, 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 look. This is very important. Give them a second to cool down. You probably have to only bite like the edge of one of them to open it up just to see how hot it is. Because otherwise, you'll burn your bloody tongue because the insides of these buggers are like bloody molten lava, eh? So, grab yourself another tin, 
Uh, wait for them to cool down just a little bit so they're not bloody molten lava. Then get your bloody munch on. Oh, oh there you go. Look, oh, look at this one. That's an absolute bloody ripper. The best bit is these are as good as anything for any occasion. You got mates coming around, party pies. Misses with some of her mates, party pies. Kids' birthday, party pies. Getting home shit-faced after a night out of the Terps, party pies. Easy. They're just bloody delicious, mate. All right, look, I'm just going to munch in this. I'll probably cook up enough of them for all of you. Look at this. Here we go. Oh, how easy is that? Love it. All right, so get into the party pies. And that's it for this week. How easy. All right, tune in next week for a new recipe. And we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey.